brought to you by Integravita Wellness. Here is certified health coach A. Gregory Luna with Confessions of an Obese Child. Hey, everybody. This is A. Gregory Luna. You can call me Gregory. This is going to be confession number one. Why did I become fat? Hopefully you listen to my prologue, which I give a little introduction of myself. And confession number one, I do continue with that introduction, and I give a little of my backstory about my family, where I'm from, and so forth. But it mostly tackles the question of why did I become fat? So what I'm going to do is read my confession and then interject that with some anecdotes that come to my head while I'm reading this. I will try to be entertaining and elucidative and not bore you to death. So again, be, please be patient because this is only my second podcast of all time. And I hope for it to be fun and exciting and do some techno and talk about pop culture too. My goal is to eventually interview other formerly overweight or currently overweight people and even bring in some experts to talk about uh, the psychological aspects or the physical toll it takes, and and so forth. So, without further ado, I don't want to be one of those podcasts where they talk ad nauseum about something that they're selling, or about something that you honestly don't care about. I think I shall commence. So, A. Gregory Luna, confession number one, which can be found at www.integravita.com. Dot com, integravita.com. Last podcast, I said it was spelled like integrative, but take off the E and add an A. And my good friend Edmund told me that my spelling blows and that I'm nowhere close to that. So actually think of integravita.com. So think of like integral and then put take off the L and then put in, put in V-I-T-A, which is life in Latino way, it's in Latino. Okay, so here we go. Growing up obese is one of the most traumatic and gut-wrenching experiences one can endure. It fundamentally alters how you perceive yourself, your self-worth, and distorts your normal psychological development. For sure, one could consider this a first-world problem, for I would say growing up in war-torn Sierra Leone and starving in the South Sudan is appreciably worse. But I can't relate to those horrors. I live in America. Not to diminish those horrors. I can relate to being fat. And you know what they say, write what you know about. So I love geography. That was my favorite subject as a child. I was a little geography prodigy. I knew all the capitals and locations of the countries uh, when I was about seven or eight. So Sierra Leone is over in West Africa. Its capital is Freetown. It is war-torn. That's where blood chocolate comes from because we don't, we don't really care about blood diamond as much anymore since we have an insatiable appetite for the cacao. Know that most of the dark chocolate that we ingest in the world comes from slave labor and uh, Liberia, Sierra Leone, Guinea in that area over in West Africa. Anyways... Sierra Leone, mountain lion, yes. And then South Sudan. South Sudan is the newest country in the world. Its capital is Juba. And that is, as in the name would describe, South 
of Sudan. Very poor. Anyway, so I want to say that there are worse things than growing up overweight, no doubt. Uh, I would say uh, being raped or sexually abused or not being born with four extremities or being a quadriplegic or perhaps being blind or worse. So I don't want to diminish those things. So I do acknowledge that this is a first world problem and that there are a lot of worse things. I mean, for Christ's sake, we could all be living in a shack next to our cow while it defecates on the floor, surrounded by flies buzzing around us, wondering where we're going to get our next meal. So we're lucky. Continuing. Objective. The point of confessions of an Opie's child is quintessentially bloggy in nature. It is a venue for me and others to finally express our sadness, angst, and anger of being overweight and to process those feelings. I have never done this, and it should be quite cathartic and therapeutic. The other goal is to offer insight for those who have never went through this and to offer a channel of collegiality and commiseration for those who have. So as I mentioned before, this is the goal of the podcast, is to just talk about our experiences and just to see where the conversation goes. Hopefully, you know, we can, we can offer some insight and it can be quite fun and just talk about the good old days when we were picked on and yelled at and called cows and, and whatnot. So let's get to the gist. Why did I become fat? Good question. Certainly during my childhood and adolescent years, I never gave it much thought. Since my earliest recollections, I was fat. And fat is what I was likely going to be forever. I knew as I got older that ordering pizzas while my parents were out and hiding the empty cartons behind the washing machine was not normal. But I didn't do much introspection back then. I didn't delve into the notion of why I was fat and others weren't. I didn't. I was very good at hiding food from my parents. Um, I do mention the cartons and I believe confession number eight, which is titled The Locked Cabinet, uh, because there was a point where my parents locked all the junk food in a cabinet, and I was like, the locksmith from some crime movie with my little pieces of shivs, or I don't even know what they used to, to, to unlock stuff. And I was some master Edison inventor guy. I would figure out ways to get into the food. So when I was doing this and I was binge eating and hiding the pizza carton as I heard, as I heard my parents pull up, I didn't really think about, you know, why am I eating? What is going on? So when you're a child, you really don't think about things like that. Uh, but as you get older, you do. Speaking of, as I entered the teenage years, I did begin to resent my parents and blame them for my obesity. It was quite a contradiction, for I would implore them to buy me more junk food, but then later scold them for doing so after I ate all of it in one sitting. Yes, quite ironical, as they would say. Yes, I would whine and whine and tell me, you know, tell them, Mommy, buy me more ding-dongs. I want more ding-dongs. And then I'd be like, why'd you buy me ding-dongs? Now I feel sick. And they'd be like, mijito, that's what you wanted. At that age, I didn't know how to be accountable for what I literally put in my mouth. In my adulthood, after I had lost the weight, 
only when I was struggling with unhealthy eating practices and a good sense of who I was did I look back as to the possible causes. Let's sit on the shrink's couch, shall we? Yeah, so even though I lost my weight when I was on 18, I had about a good 10 years, 15 years, where I didn't know how to eat normally. And I'll cover this in later blogs, but uh, you, you grow up with a distorted view of food and your thermostat is thrown off. So just because I was fortunate enough to lose the weight, it's not like I woke up one day, I was like, oh, great, now I have normal eating habits and I'll just eat when I'm hungry and I'll just not eat out my emotions. So there was weird eating fads that I went through, which I'll discuss later. So let's delve into the past of A. Gregory Luna. My family is originally from Mexico. My parents married in Mexico in 1962 and moved to Texas after my father got a job as a pathologist at a prestigious cancer hospital. Yes, my dad was a doctor. He was the doctor in charge of the morgue over at Anderson Cancer Hospital in Houston. And I'll mention this later in another blog, but he used to he used to take me there on the weekends and it was so much fun because he was in charge of the morgue. And so he let me cut up all the bodies and he, he would throw me into the freezers so I could lay next to the dead bodies. And I got to play with the brains and the jars and all this stuff. And when I relay this story to my, my high school students, they just kind of look at me aghast. And... Um, well, you know what they say. If you grow up with something thinking it's normal, you don't think it's weird. I don't think it was traumatic. I just thought it was really awesome. He wanted to inculcate into my head the idea of being a doctor. And so he thought, well, if I take him every weekend for 15 years, he'll want to be a doctor. And in fact, most of my life, I wanted to be a doctor until I rebelled when I was 18. But that's another story. I'm the youngest of three brothers. Um. I have brothers older than me by 10 years, and then I have another one who's older than I am by six. By the time I came around, my mother suffered from depression and anxiety. She was a pretty aloof woman who wasn't much for displays of affection, public or private. Yeah, she was not the most maternal of women. Sweet woman, kind woman, but a little self-centered. And uh, I like to imitate her all the time because I really only have two accents. I have the... My parents' Mexican accent, which kind of sounds like my Russian accent, which kind of sounds like my Italian accent, which you'll probably hear in a second or in a future podcast. And then I have my Indian accent, which I think I do quite well. My father was a paradox, a famous, well-respected doctor who was our soccer and baseball coach. He was kind, instilled a love of knowledge, and genuinely cared for us. It is so true. My love of geography and history and arts and classical music came from him. He was quite an erudite cultural man. However, dun, 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 he was a functional alcoholic prone to mood swings. I didn't know when he came home if he was going to be sweet or sour or kung pao. He, he was a really interesting man. Um, functional alcoholic. So, you know, there's a couple types. There's the alcoholic who's stumbling around drunk who can't hold down a job. Functional alcoholics are able to hold down their jobs. They're just drunk all the time, but somehow they're able to hold on to a modicum of sobriety and so they can go to work. And no one really knows that they're drunk and they can do their job. So he was very astute at that. When he would come home, though, you didn't know what you were going to get. You know, were you going to get the rageaholic, somewhat abusive father who would spew vitriol? 
How are you going to get this sweet father? So it was difficult growing up with that. This was the milieu in which I was raised. I began becoming overweight around age five. I began to have an unhealthy relationship with food. I think this is because my mother was so preoccupied with her depression that I didn't get the emotional nurturing a young child needs. She was also a pleaser, so anytime I asked for food, she would give it to me. I didn't know how to handle my father. I adored the sweet, charismatic, world-traveling doctor, but was scared to death of the alcoholic who raged at me. Um, I have two older brothers. Uh, the middle brother really didn't get a lot of that. It was my older brother and myself who got a lot more of, of the rage. And uh, Later on, I'll discuss uh, you know, what, what happened you know, when my father passed away. But if you talk to my middle brother and my older brother, we all love our father. We all adore him. But we, we have slightly different views of him because parents can be different around the, their children. As a coping mechanism, I turned to food to soothe away the anxiety that my father brought me and the nurturing that my mother deprived me. I turned to food because honestly, there was nothing else a young boy could turn to. I was too young for booze or for the ladies or for online gambling or all the other vices that the World Wide Web would later bring. This was the 80s for after all. I ate to soothe the pain. Soon the kids began to call me fat, which in itself led to more binging. See, that's the thing. You know, when you're five or six and you start gaining weight, you don't really know any better. It's like, you know, kids are tabula rasa. They have a clean slate and they're not racist either until we start instilling that into them. And so I thought I was just a normal kid until kids started calling me fat. And then I, I knew what that word meant. And so I became self-conscious, and uh, that led to, to more eating. This epiphany came to me in my late teens and 20s. I went through a period of hating and blaming my parents for screwing me up. It was their fault that I was fat. Why didn't you stop me? Why did you let me get fat? I would say to them. My mother would retort, We tried but you wouldn't stop. And we didn't know what to do. See, it sounds very Russian. I stood with anger even though I had lost my weight by then. After fat people lose weight, they still see themselves as fat inside. The same insecurities you had back then, you still have when you've shed the pounds. You are a fat person in a skinny body. And this is very important for understanding Overweight people who lose their weight, if any of you have loved ones who were this way or you are in fact this way, I think almost all of you would concur with this, is that just because we lost the weight doesn't mean we have just a normal view of ourselves. Uh, we still go through this transition for years, if not decades, of still feeling fat inside because we were fat in our most formative period of our life, the period of our life that determines our personality that determines how we view the world and how we view ourselves. So when you grow up either as an outcast because you're really tall and gawky like my best friend Dave was in high school or you grow up overweight or with too many zits or you know, you're know you in a wheelchair or something like that, that, that does throw you off. So 
I went through this period, even after I lost my weight and my life did change, where I was mad at my parents and I, I hated them. I, I was like, if you would have told me no or you would have stopped me from eating, I wouldn't have gotten overweight and gone through all the horrible things that I went through uh, in school. Why didn't you stop? You should have known better. When I asked for the third cheese enchilada frozen entree, you should have said, no, Albert, no, no, Albertito, that's bad for you, no. You know, why didn't you do that? Well, my anger toward my parents was misguided. It really was. My father passed away suddenly in 2008. Luckily, though, prior to that, I sat down with him at an airport terminal waiting for a flight. And I told him, Dad, I know I wasn't the best son, and I blamed you for a lot of things. But I realized you did the best you could given the tools you were given. I don't blame you for my obesity anymore, and I love you. He teared up. I think it was the first time I'd ever seen him cry. My, his grandfather, or I'm sorry, my grandfather, his father actually had died earlier that year. And I remember being in the room when he got the phone call from Guadalajara, where my family is from originally. And even then he didn't cry. He was kind of a stolid, phlegmatic kind of guy when it came to emotions. But he did tear up, and I think it meant a lot to him to hear that that I no longer blamed him and I just knew he did the best he can. And really, I mean, that's all we can do is just do the best we can with the situation that we're given. We can't really control the cards that are dealt to us when we're born or that we later get either because you know we're abused or something horrendous happens, like we witness a car accident and we see somebody die or heaven forbid a family member die. But it's really what we do with those cards that determines our future. We can stay in victim status and blame everybody, or we can go from a survivor to a thriver. And those take years sometimes, those steps. But the goal is to get away from victim status. So I shared a similar conversation with my mother, and she appreciated it. But unsurprisingly, no tears from her. And my mom was, I don't know if I've ever seen her cry, to be honest. Aside from the one time we had put her in a psych ward. But that is another story. Yes. I had learned a few years earlier that my grandmother, who is my father's mother, left my grandfather and his three sons on my dad's third birthday never to return. So what happened was when my dad turned three, uh, my grandfather, my father's father, was a raging alcoholic. And my grandmother, Carmen, just one day just couldn't handle it. She was very young and she already had three kids, my dad being one of them. And then on my dad's third birthday, she just walked out on my grandfather and the three boys, my two uncles and my dad. How traumatic would that be for anybody? To cope, he turned to alcohol the same way I turned to food. It seems we all have something we try to numb, no matter whatever underlying issue we don't address. So look, my father did the best he could with the situation he was given. I can't imagine what it's like to have your father walk out on you when you're young. And what did my grandfather tell those three boys as to why she left? Who knows? Maybe he spun a story or maybe he was honest. But to leave on a birthday like that is just, it's just horrible. So my father was scarred. He was scarred. And so he turned to the booze. And, and you know, even though he loved his kids... 
The booze was his crutch, just like food was my crutch. I've come full circle vis-a-vis -vis my parents. No longer do I blame. Do I wish they were more nurturing? Yes. Do I wish they would have had enacted more measures early on to curtail my burgeoning waistline? Of course. But they are humans with baggage doing the best they can. And I think it helps all of us to remember that when someone lets us down, or when we let ourselves down by doing something counterproductive, just to remember that. No good comes from shaming. Jesus fell three times on the way to the cross. So if he stumbled, Jesus Christ, we can stumble. The key is to find the underlying cause of what's driving our self-destructive tendencies and to address it. Only then can we truly optimize our physical and psychological wellness. Amen. Preach it to the choir. Thus ends confession number one. Why did I become fat? That is kind of the overview. The following confessions, which you can all find on www.integravita.com under confessions. As the date I'm, rec I'm recording this is uh, February 1st. There's probably 10 up there. I blog daily. There's always an article coming up every day, either on wellness, so on food, exercise, or confession. So please go to my website and read those and find articles that you like, and I would appreciate if you would comment on them. I would love to hear your story. I mean, that is kind of the reason why I created this podcast was to process my own feelings with some levity and also for you to reach out and tell me your story so my goal as I've mentioned many times is I want you to comment or contact me via my website and tell me your story and be like hey Gregory I want to be on the podcast I have a unique story it's very similar to yours but in some ways it's not but I would love to share it with you and I would be like Jane Doe John Doe whatever your name is I'm totally for that. Come on the show because Lord knows I don't want to be talking all the time and I want to talk to other people. We are social creatures that need to interact with others. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't just sit and look at the corner of my room all day. That's one of the reasons I teach is because I like to interact with humans and talk and talk and talk and talk. But I prefer to talk to another person uh, in my podcasts. So please reach out to me. I'm here to help you or at least to talk to you. So before I end, a couple of things. Subscribe to this podcast, please. I will bribe you with cinco centavos and some chicle. Please give me a five-star review because that's what all these podcasts tell you to do. You can put five stars and tell me that I am a total freak-tard. And I don't know what I'm doing. Or what I probably will hear soon, and I've already heard it with some people at school, is what are you complaining about? You lost your weight. I'm fat. Oh, you think you had it bad because you were overweight as a child? Well, look, you're regular weight right now. What about all the people that were regular weight jocks and cheerleaders and all that in high school and then they gain weight later on? Well, this isn't a zero-sum game, ladies and gentlemen. There's enough compassion in this heart and in the world for everybody who's overweight. Because obesity is one of the last areas that we can shame and insult people where everyone gets a good laugh. 
that and, I don't know, maybe Catholics. Of course, I can say that because I'm Catholic. And I'm probably sure, I'm pretty sure there's some other ethnic group that we can still make fun of that everyone thinks it's okay. I mean, even, even midgets now have their own euphemism. So, so I, I don't want to get into this fight, but I would love to dialogue people because that's the whole point. Being overweight is horrible. If you're a child, it throws you off. If you're an adult, it shortens your life expectancy, gives you metabolic syndrome. Uh, it's a stigma. People look at you, you can't fit in the clothes. I, I know that. I can relate to all that. Now, can I relate to being an adult who's overweight? No, because I worked really hard to lose the weight and to keep it off. But that's the whole point of this podcast is to engage in dialogue and talk about these things. So there isn't like one way that's better or another or I can't relate to you because you're still overweight. It's all about just talking and processing and finding a forum where we all have one commonality, obesity. So please, give me a five-star. Tell me I'm just full of crap or tell me that I'm okay or tell me that you want more or tell me, eh, you're all right. Just put something there. And that's all I have to say right now. And I'm sure two seconds after I press the stop button, I'll think of something else. But for right now, this is all I have to say. So this is A. Gregory Luna from Integra Vita Wellness. Uh, Just call me Gregory. Signing off. Confession number two. Fat Albert will be coming soon because the A in A. Gregory Luna stands for Albert. And if any of you are over the age of 30, you know who Fat Albert was. And I can't think of a lot of first names that are worse to have when you're overweight. But that is going to be another podcast in which we will discuss that. So like I said, peace out. Take care, say your prayers, eat dark chocolate, drink some white tea, don't smoke, don't drink vodka, because that's what my dad drank, and uh, don't text and drive, and I'm trying to think of every other cliche, but I'm going to stop now. So take care. I love you. God bless. Bye-bye.